You are listening to the Sun Grove Podcast. For more information, please visit our website at sungrove.org. Well, we are just days away from completing 2020. And if we rewind all the way back to the beginning of the year, our goal as a church early on was to see as God sees so that we, the church, could do as God says. And I believe that God has done that in ways that you and I have never imagined. I believe he got us out of our church buildings and into the community. I believe he's expanded our reach worldwide faster than we thought that would happen. I believe he has grown us internally by absolutely crushing our comfort zones and helping us see the pain of people in brand new ways to care for people around us, to calm our entitlements and to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with our God. It has no doubtly been a hard year, and some of you would be very happy to have a Taylor Swift moment and just shake it off. Today, we're gonna wrap up our series through the book of Acts. Yay! Give yourself a hand. You made it. If you've been with us all this year, we have followed the scriptures through the entire book of Luke and the book of Acts, each of which were written by a doctor, Luke. These are 52 chapters in two different books of the Bible. And today is the culmination. And if you've been with us all year, we have followed the entire life of Jesus Christ, his death, his burial, his resurrection. We followed the birth of the church, the influential leadership of Peter, the transition to Paul, and now the gospel has made it as Acts 1 verse 8 says, from Jerusalem to Judea and now to the ends of the earth. Rome was the ends of the earth according to the Jewish people at that point in time in history. And Paul preaches the gospel before the sadistic and violent emperor Nero. However, before he gets to Rome, on the way to Rome in Acts 27 and 28, everyone on board the ship has just been shipwrecked on the island of Malta. All 276 souls aboard survived, just as God had told Paul in Acts 27. And here's why you need today's sermon. Storms can kill your faith or they will build your faith. They can either kill your faith or they will build up your faith. Don't lose your faith. No matter what storms you go through, don't lose your faith because your faith is the internal anchor which will steady you no matter what storm you end up facing. And when in a storm, many people just naturally think, oh, things are hard. God has abandoned me. But let me tell you, God has not orphaned you. He loves you even in the midst of storms and he will develop in you the calmness and the confidence and the courage that you need to handle hard times. The truth is God loves you very, very much and difficult moments are going to help you become exactly who God has called you to be. So in Acts chapter 28, beginning with verse one, it says this, once safely on shore, we found out that the island was called Malta and the islanders showed us unusual kindness. They built a fire and welcomed us all because it was raining and it was cold. 
Paul gathered a pile of brushwood and as he put it on the fire, a viper driven out by the heat fastened itself on his hand. And when the islanders saw the snake hanging from his hand, they said to each other, this man must be a murderer for though he escaped from the sea, the goddess justice has not allowed him to live. But Paul shook the snake off into the fire and suffered no ill effects. And the people expected him to like swell up suddenly and fall dead. But after waiting a long time and seeing nothing unusual happen to him, they changed their minds and said, he must be a god. There was an estate nearby that belonged to Publius, the chief official of the island. And he welcomed us to his home and he showed us generous hospitality for three days. His father was sick in bed, suffering from fever and dysentery. Paul went in to see him and after prayer, placed his hands on him and healed him. And when this happened, the rest of the sick on the island came and they were cured. They honored us in many ways and when we were ready to sail, they furnished us with the supplies that we needed. And as Luke is writing this, I believe that for a moment he geeks out as a doctor. In describing this father of Publius who is sick in bed, that he uses this word healing. And that word is a specific word, which in Greek means instantaneous healing. It's a miracle. It's what we hope for. It's what we wish for, an instant cure, an instantaneous healing. It's a miracle from God. But then he says, all the sick from the island come out to see Paul. And he uses a different word in how they are healed. He uses a word that is called cured, but in Greek, it literally means that it is a gradual healing. So the father was healed instantly, but the people who were sick in the island came out and they were cured over some time. And I want you to know that sometimes God can heal instantaneously. But sometimes God cures you and I gradually. If you've ever had the common cold, that's what happened to you. You were cured over time. And sometimes God heals through death and resurrection if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Well, if you're taking notes today, write this down. Resurrection is a greater miracle than death prevention. Resurrection, it's a greater miracle than death prevention. But what do people pray for all the time? Death prevention, help this person not to die. But so you need to realize the greater miracle between the two is actually resurrection. Many people think God is there to bless them all the way through life without losing a loved one, without sickness, without pain, without trials, without financial loss, without unexpected pandemics. But listen, when you or I do that, we are confusing heaven with earth. And when you and I confuse the blessing of God, you blame God for the storms. So you're in a storm and you begin to blame God for it but I want you to know that you and I can take courage in the midst of a storm, that God will protect you even if you lose your life. Because if you have put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, he welcomes you into heaven by your faith in him. And in all honesty, people go through storms and some people say, well, I lost my faith. But the truth is people don't really lose their faith. They just stop building their lives around it. Let that sink in for a moment. You don't lose your faith. You just go through a hard experience and you just stop building your life around it. So what experience 
What storm has caused you to pull back? What storm, what experience has caused you to stop building your life around your faith in Jesus Christ? That's something that you and I should consider when it comes to the storms of life. Where have we been putting our hope? Some of us would wanna just shake off 2020 because we're looking forward to getting to 2021. But if we do that, we're putting our hope in 2021. We're not putting our hope in the God of the universe who can heal over time, the God of the universe who can cure over time, the God of the universe who can resurrect what has been lost. So as we look back at the life of Paul, we see that Paul gets to the island. He finally makes it there. He gets bit by a snake on the hand and he shakes it off into the fire. Now, Paul had survived many things. He survived beatings in many cities. He got pummeled by rocks until people thought he was dead and they hoped he was. He survived near starvation and a shipwreck. And now he's nearly hypothermic on the beach. And while helping to get this fire going, he gets bit on the hand by a poisonous viper. And what do the islanders do? They just sit back and watch. And they watch through an interesting mindset. They watch through their final destination theology of their false goddess named Justice. And they thought, oh, we've got this false goddess. We've got this goddess that they worship named Justice. But they thought you can't escape your final destination. This man must be a murderer, they thought. And they watched to see if he would fall over dead, if he would swell up and die. And they thought this should have killed him. But it didn't. And if you're taking notes today, I want you to write this down. Shake off the things that should have killed you. Shake off the things in your life that should have killed you. Because the people around you are watching. They see things that should kill your faith, that should confuse you, that you would say, that's crazy. Why did that happen? Things that should defeat you, that should be so bad that you will never recover, that should be so traumatic in your life that you just can't get over it. It's got to kill your faith. And they're watching you. They say, this is it. This is it for you. You're going through such a hard thing. No one would blame you if it killed your faith. Let's play that out for a moment though. What's your worst fear? What is your snake bite? The thing that should have killed you. I mean, I've seen people go through terrible experiences and keep their faith. You might lose a child. You might go through a divorce. You might have a health crisis or maybe you survive a brutal accident, but the consequences are just devastating. Maybe you experience financial ruin or you have to go on living alone. People look and they say, this should have killed you, but you cling to your faith as an anchor for your soul. You cling to the fact that God has an unfinished work for you in his kingdom and you shake off the things that should have killed your faith. When you cling to your faith like that, people are amazed that you didn't just swell up through that experience and die. They're watching, they're waiting. They think that karma is gonna hit you or they think that something wrong is going on. They're watching and they, then they will say, you didn't swell up and die, so what could it be? And they'll be like, wow, you know, you're a really strong person. I'm just so impressed. And you say, no. I'm weak, but I have a God who heals when life 
has been brutal. And you know, the people who are watching will oftentimes say, well, I would like that healing from God in my brutal experiences too. We have to ask the question, why in the world does Paul go through all this? Why did he go through all these beatings? Why did he go through all this tragedy? Why did he get shipwrecked? Why does after getting shipwrecked, he's just trying to help start a fire because they're all cold and he's a servant and that's what he's gonna do. So he's bringing over some brush and some sticks and he's laying them on the fire and he gets bit by a snake. And people will ask, well, why did that happen? Why did Paul, of all the people on the boat, why did Paul be the one who got bit by a snake? I don't know. I don't know. I look at that and just say, it's crazy, isn't it? It's crazy. But that's life. There's a lot of things that don't make sense about life. Like every now and then I look and I go, here's a couple who would be amazing parents and they're struggling for a long, long time to get pregnant. And then there's this single adult who should never be allowed to even own a pet and she gets pregnant every other year. It's crazy. I don't know why that happens. Why does life work like that? I mean, literally, have you been through crazy experiences? Have you ever been to a funeral with a little coffin? Maybe just a three-foot box because it was a child that died. I've seen parents bury kids and small children toss flowers on their parents' coffin. Crazy! And we ask God, why? God, why did this happen? Why do these terrible things happen? Why? There are crazy things that just don't make sense. You see a drug addict living to old age and a vegan who has a heart attack in his 30s. And some of you look at these crazy experiences and you get mad at God because he won't tell you why it happened. I believe that God will not tell you why it happened. Do you want to know why I believe that? Because I think his answer wouldn't help you. You've already shifted the question. You've already shifted the blame. And I believe no matter how he answered, it would probably not be helpful to you. So what do you do? What do you do with crazy things that should have killed you? You have to shake off the things that should have killed your faith and keep going. Keep building your life around your faith. And if you stopped to begin to start organizing and building your life, around your faith in Jesus Christ. That's how you come back. That's how you re-strengthen your faith. That's how you take a step back toward Jesus. You simply start organizing your life around your faith. So what happens? To Paul and his friends, they live for three months on the island. Then they sail for Rome. And when Paul gets there, he's allowed to live by himself with a soldier to guard him. And Paul starts witnessing to the local Jewish people in Rome. And some believe, but many Jewish people get angry. They refuse to believe. And so not only do we shake off the experiences that should have killed us, but there come moments where you and I need to shake off those who refuse the gospel. Acts 28 verse 23 says this, they arranged to meet Paul, these are the Jews, they arranged to meet Paul on a certain day and came in even larger numbers to the place where he was staying. And he witnessed to them from morning till evening explaining about the kingdom of God and from the law of Moses and the prophets, he tried to persuade them about Jesus. And some were convinced about what he said, but others would not believe 
They disagreed among themselves and began to leave after Paul made this final statement. The Holy Spirit spoke the truth about your ancestors when he said through Isaiah the prophet, quote, go to this people and say, you will be ever hearing but never understanding. You will be ever seeing but never perceiving. For these people's hearts has become callous. They hardly hear with their ears and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts and turn and I would heal them. Therefore, I want you to know that God's salvation has been sent to the Gentiles and they will listen. You see Paul do something for a moment. He shakes off the gospel to the Jews only, but his pattern has always been to go first to the Jews, then to the Gentiles. But in Rome, he goes to the Jews. They don't, they refuse to believe and he shakes it off. He says, I'm going to take it to the people who will actually listen and hear me out. If your inner circle of friends or family or people refuse to listen to the gospel, then take it to those who will listen. Your inner circle will watch. They'll still watch you. They'll still watch to see if you're gonna swell up and die, if you're gonna lose your faith, if you're gonna like come over to whatever they believe or if you're gonna reject your faith outright. But listen to me, do not quiet your faith on account of them. Don't do it. So you're gonna need to shake off those who refuse the gospel. But more often than not, it's just not the people around us who refuse the gospel. It's people who've received the gospel, people who've believed the gospel, and yet they have an inner compulsion to refuse to share the gospel. And so we need to shake off sending the gospel to people who won't hear it. But at the same time, you need to shake off your refusal to share the gospel. Paul went to those who would listen, that you and I are called to go to those who will listen. Hear me out. Just because your cousin won't believe doesn't mean that all the people won't listen to you share about Jesus. So just because they don't believe doesn't mean everybody won't believe. There are those who are seeking God. There are those who are open to him. God knows the people he's already drawing to himself. And when you and I put ourselves in a position of willingness to share the good news about Jesus and our own testimony, when we share that, God's gonna intersect people with you that he's already drawing to himself. Well, Acts 28 verse 30 and 31 say, for two whole years, Paul stayed there in his own rented house and welcomed all who came to see him. And he proclaimed the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. I think Luke writes that without all boldness and without hindrance for a reason. Because in almost every city Paul has ever gone to, he's experienced the need for boldness, but he's also experienced hindrance that's led to him getting beat, him getting stoned with rocks thrown at him until he was dead, that he's experienced many hindrances. And now for the first time, living in a rented house, potentially in chains, but with a guard there to guard him so that he makes it to trial, he's able to share freely. God has brought him to a sweet place, a place where those who will hear the gospel are able to come to him. So I wanna tell you, keep going. 
Keep sharing. Share in person. Share online. Share through your words and maybe through a letter. Share through radical love that people just don't understand. Like, why would you care for me like that? And you're saying, because I'm generous. Like, Jesus was generous to me. You're just going to love people radically, your neighbors and those around you. Be the church, even if someone who lives with you rejects the good news of Jesus Christ. You be the church. God has placed you there as a witness. They might be looking at you like you're going to swell up and die. But God has placed you to be a witness to those who would listen. Just because you got snake bit from one try, keep going, shake it off. You gotta be honest with yourself and with God about why internally you have refused to share and you need to do something about it. Shake off any old agreements you've made about how people are going to reject it and it's too scary for you or you don't know the right things or you're not a perfect person. All these agreements that you make with the evil one that prohibit you from sharing the gospel, literally God is telling you and me to shake those old agreements off. Get rid of them. Stop making an agreement with that because the power of God will be in you to work through you and to share your faith. Shake off your familiar objections and shake off your self-protection. For some of you, the reason that you don't want to share oftentimes is you're just cognizant of your own sin and, and you think maybe just people with a title or, or a perfect person are the ones who can share the good news about Jesus. But you and I have learned from Paul that we need to shake off our sin Shake off our past. Even if what is behind you is still part of 2020, shake it off and press forward to your high calling as a believer. Paul oftentimes said that he shook off his past and he pressed forward to the high calling in Christ Jesus. Now, you might be a businessman or woman. You might be a worker, an entrepreneur, or an employee. And certainly we all do these things to pay our expenses. But the great assignment of your life, the great calling of your life is to witness about the amazing grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. And God is willing to give you boldness without hindrance. And that's our prayer for you. That's my prayer as a preacher that God would give me boldness without hindrance. That's my greatest desire is to see you freed up to share your testimony with people who are lost. So you've got to shake off your refusals to share the gospel. And for some of you, you might say, well, I don't know if I have faith. I don't know if I have a faith worth believing in. I don't know if, if I've ever put my faith in what Jesus did on the cross. And for you, you need to shake off your refusals and say yes to Jesus. And if you'd like to do that today, it's believing, giving faith. Faith isn't something that you just have and hold. Faith is something that you give. You give faith to the goodness of God. You give faith to the God who can bring resurrection instead of just death prevention. You give faith to the God who can heal instantaneously. He can cure over a period of time or he can raise you from the dead and bring you into his eternal inheritance in heaven, free of judgment from your sin. And if you're like, I would love to give faith to that, that you believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sin, 
that he took God's righteous wrath upon himself, that all of God's wrath that was focused on sin and on you was satisfied in Jesus, and therefore it's turned aside. When God looks at you, he sees you through the sacrifice of Jesus that it's paid for, that your sins can be washed away, that you are clean, but you must give your faith to that decision, to that action of God become flesh. And if that's you today, right where you are, then just simply pray a prayer like this after me. Just say, Jesus, today, I give you me. I believe that you died on the cross for my sin, that you were buried, that you rose to new life because you're God. And I ask you to wash my sins away. Make me as white as snow. Would you make me a new creation on the inside and help me to share about your goodness to others? Because today, Jesus, I give you me. And if you pray that prayer right now, it's a beautiful thing. There are angels in heaven who rejoice. You are a new creation. Your sins are gone. You don't have to fear death. And because of Jesus, you can have joy. And the greatest thing that you and I can do is be able to, in a world of destruction, a world of unprecedented you know, pandemics and other things that the greatest thing you and I can do is be willing to share that good news that your sins can be washed away, that you can have new life in Jesus with someone who has yet to hear about it or someone who doesn't yet believe. I believe that God is drawing people to himself and he's looking for a person just like you who would be willing to share church online, who'd be willing to share your faith with them. Would you begin to pray that God would put people across your path that you can pray for and that you can come alongside with what God is already doing in their heart to see them say yes to Jesus. Thank you for listening to the Sun Grove Podcast. For information on Sun Grove Church, visit our website at sungrove.org.